BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbiotica is your solution to great-tasting all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or artificial nonsense. It's just pure goodness in every pouch. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. That's C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A.com. KFI AM640. You're listening to the John and Ken Show on demand on the iHeartRadio app. You can hear us on the radio from 1 until 4. After 4, the iHeartRadio app has the John and Ken podcast, John and Ken on demand. Record numbers of people are now listening to this anytime of the day or night. Record numbers. Where the billions. Cool, it's where the cool people go. Uh, okay. Uh, last week, we did a story that actually was in the Daily Mail, the tabloid out of the United Kingdom, which picks up stories from everywhere that they can find them, that are uh, sometimes salacious, often true. The one that we were focusing on was about uh, homeless encampments making their way into Beverly Hills. And both of us looked at it and said, well, that doesn't really happen. <clears throat> But when we got to the details of the story and it led to the headline, the nude encampment, we realized, well, it looks like there's a group of people in the Beverly Grove neighborhood of Los Angeles, which is pretty close to the Beverly Center, San Vicente Boulevard, who uh, apparently have taken up uh, in a homeless encampment. Channel 7 and- did a story about uh, a nude woman laying on the sofa. That's what Uh, really amped this story up to the next level, and uh, she may be to blame for all of them eventually getting dismantled because she brought so much attention to the story by laying out nude that it it got coverage everywhere. uh, Yeah, it was on the front of the New York Post. It was on the front of the Daily Mail. So it's a worldwide story now that Los Angeles allows a naked woman to sit for to lay there for weeks on a sofa in the middle of a busy boulevard. This is San Vicente Boulevard. On the edge of Beverly Hills. I mean, how embarrassing can you get? Business owners, of course, say they've been complaining. And the response from the city councilwoman, Katie Yaroslavsky, who just took that job, uh, is that uh, we're doing everything we can. No, you're not. That's an out-and-out lie. To house these people. Katie, you're lying. If you did everything you could, it would all be gone. 
Stop it. I'm, stop it. We're doing everything. No, you're not. Otherwise, they'd be gone. The woman, at least, would be gone. Good Lord. But, hey, we told you, do not elect anyone with the last name of Yaroslavsky. People were warned. So we bring on Blake Trolley for reports of vandalism now near that encampment, and we'll see what this is about. Blake. Yeah, what's up, guys? Now, uh where is this story, this vandalism story, exactly? Yeah, this happened just right by the campsite at a restaurant called La Paella. It's really just right in front of this campsite here on San Vicente. And, yeah, the restaurant had its front window smashed. I've been working to reach the owner. I haven't been able to reach them uh, quite yet, but I did go over to the restaurant to take a look. The front window of this restaurant's got a big crack in it, and the restaurant owners have put a cardboard box in place of where those cracks are to seal up the uh, to seal up the damage. Now, as you mentioned, Ken, uh, last week, Katie Yaroslavsky said uh, that this was unacceptable. She said that her and her staff have been working to locate housing and services for people inside this camp. I reached out to her office today. They say that that effort continues. Uh, <laughs> but I spoke to other business people, guys, who seem eager to have this fixed. They're frustrated that nothing has happened. At least one of them told me that this is actually, this campsite here has been going on for a year. She said it's going oh. on just about a year. What do you know? Uh, again, that was just one, you know, the testimony of one business owner. Okay, so Yaroslavsky, she would have taken over in December, right? After this uh, uh, I think so, yeah. November election. So she's had now uh, four solid months to clean it up, and it's not cleaned up. We're doing everything we can. I think this is definitely an issue as, as far as her administration goes, being that it is a new administration uh, that has definitely, you know, got on their radar. Now, that said, guys, people are still very, you know, frustrated. They want something to be done right now. Uh, I want to go to this first soundbite. This is a woman who manages an interior design shop. This is very close to this restaurant that was just vandalized, by the way. And she says the camp is driving away customers. Actually, give me uh, one second, guys. I'm having one little issue with my audio. I'm going to re- uh, Give me one second. I, I heard her uh, in the background there. Yeah, it was in the... <laughs> Here we go. Okay, I'm pushing in this uh, ox cord a little bit more. Here we go. You know, clients are scared to come to our business because they're afraid to park their cars. There's nowhere to park their cars because the homeless are taking over the parking meters. And, you know, they're afraid that they're going to do something because, you know, they're doing drugs on the street. They have weapons. They have knives. They're screaming on the streets you know so no one wants to come and close deals with us because of the situation so you're an interior design firm uh yeah what's it like for both of you just coming to work every day it's tough like we find like a blood towel with uh a blood towel <laughs> like a towel with blood on it in front of your building yeah, like, she found it here. here in the front there was like a pair of like underwear and dirty oh. like a oh. blood-stained towel oh. and you know it's only two girls all day and it's kind of scary you know we lock the doors but still Ew. you know like you never know so, again, they say they're frustrated that people are still not housed. Uh, I, wa I want to go to this other interview. This is a woman who owns a psychic shop. Now, a couple notes here before we get... A couple <laughs> well, notes hey, here well, before... The, well, she should know when the, the cleanup will happen, right? 
That she should be able to sense it. That is true. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to speak to her credibility here, but that's a good point that you make there, John. Um, but um, I want to point this out. I did this interview while crews were working. An L.A. sanitation team did show up today to clean this. I know this is something that the council has been or the council member has been you know, implementing, at least in the meantime. Three cleanups a month today. One of those was going on. And Wait. while this was happening... Um, there was a tent in front of uh, this woman's business, and that's important for you guys to hear as you kind of hear what she explains here. I can't put it into words. It's just been a living nightmare. It's I've seen everything that I need to see through drugs, alcohol, prostitution, uh, vulgarity, using the restroom, putting the neighbors and uh, our customers in constant fear. Are you... Uh, okay, so this morning, uh, the sanitation crews are here cleaning up trash... Yeah, but that just happens like uh, once a month, and everybody knows, the homeless people know, that this can be a place where they can leave everything. It's become the new city dump. San Vicente in Orlando has become a city dump, and they know that this is going to happen once a month. It doesn't solve anything. Um, and you say this this guy right here refuses to move? Absolutely. For the clean? Is he supposed to? He says he knows the law. He doesn't have to move, <laughs> and he's not going to they move. They all know. They all, they all know. They all know that nobody is going to do anything to them. Make them move. Make them clean up. Stop them from throwing garbage around. Stop them from leaving their dirty underwear and their bloody towels. They know. Guys, I, I want to go to this soundbite. This is a part of the story I don't think we've heard enough about, and that's homeowners. I mean, there are businesses that make the area nicer to live in or find the homeless people somewhere else to live. He says he understands people need somewhere to live. But nonetheless, he gave me some uh, some issues he's dealt with being a homeowner uh, right here. They, uh, they, they, they go back to, to go in the garbage cans, you know, and I wouldn't mind that so much, but, the, you know, they've, they've taken some things from my uh, little garden back there. Um, what have they taken? Just some vegetables and oh, things like that, vegetables. you know. And they um, vegan homeless. They use my hose in the front of the house there. For what? And I don't say anything. I let them do that because I mean, you have bathe. to. People have to have water, you know. Um, Is this guy stoned. I think that they should give them more facilities. Put some. Porta potties or something like what? that for them out there. Oh, she, he's the problem. That guy's the problem. <laughs> Start giving him porta potties. Well, well, guys, so, have to, so, so they have to use his toes. Yeah. <laughs> Interestingly, he led with the fact that they stole vegetables. Later on in the interview, he actually told me that they he has a three wheel bike. He's seventy two years old. He says he has a three wheel bike. They actually stole that, and oh, he had yeah. to come back over here and get it. Yeah, he said he asked them how it, you know how it ended up over there, and and they all said, yeah, oh, we don't know. <laughs> so. Yeah, well, the, well, he, he's the he's the problem. I'd like to see his voting pattern over the last fifty years. I don't think he's. Do uh, hey, hey, do we know if the naked woman has uh, found a place to go yet? I don't. I was. I was looking around to see, you know, anything like that. I didn't. You see were looking for the uh, naked woman, weren't you, Blake? Uh, that's why you volunteered for this story, huh? <laughs> no, I'll so bring back some audio and video. No, <laughs> no sign of her. I did not see any uh, any sign of her today, but guys, I will say, you know, I mentioned that uh, sanitation cleanup. Before that cleanup had happened, uh, it was a real mess in the center divider here on San Vicente. There was trash really all over the place. And just the, Do you have any the idea amount of how trash many, they lifted. How many people are kind of camped there? Any idea what the size of it for an idea? 
That's a really tough thing to quantify, Ken, because it's kind of spread out along Jeez. San Vicente. You yes. have tents in the center divider. That's you have some on the side of the road. And, it, and you know, you turn a corner in a parking lot, you might see a couple tents. So it'd be really hard at this point to give like, you, you know, an exact number because it's not really grouped. It is, it is kind of spread throughout the street here. You know, I drove uh, past that exact area twice a day, every day for 12 years to get to where the old KFI was down in Koreatown. There was never one single issue. Nothing. Uh, and, and, and if you go down uh, those streets to the east, you're not too far from Hancock Park where there's, you know, gorgeous estates. Ay, ay, ay. I mean, even it's in this just... area, is pretty nice. I, I had to, you know, yeah. uh, walking. I w- walked to get a coffee this morning and, you know, I walked by a Lamborghini dealership. I mean, that kind of gives you the idea. Well, yeah, it's on the edge of, of Beverly Hills and not far from Hancock Park. So even the in-between area is probably uh, higher than average uh, incomes and uh, property values. Yeah, I mean, the street where that guy said they were using his hose and going through his trash. I mean, that, there's no way that's low rent. That's uh, mm-hmm. outside my uh, <laughs> outside my affordability. Uh, Hi, Blake. Thank you very much. That report. Good job. All right, thanks, guys. Blake Crowley collecting lots of audio from business owners and a homeowner near this homeless encampment in Beverly Grove. This neighborhood is very close to Beverly Hills, and we're seeing more stories that uh, homeless encampments of Los Angeles are starting to impinge right on the borders of Beverly Hills. Hey, Gabe, so what's what's Karen Bassetti doing? I mean, you can give up on KDR Slavsky. She's genetically incapable of doing anything. Well, her thing was the larger, more troubling encampments, they would go after first so she ought to put well, this one this, on the list this this, is... this sounds larger and more troubling yeah it so, does yeah you know, i i just don't get it i mean it's on a major street it's it, it's in the news everywhere and and yaroslavsky and Bassetti do nothing yeah oh. i mean you think the next day they would have dismantled that camp the next day after, uh, they can't be embarrassed we got more coming up. As soon as we return, we still have the KFI Inflation Compensation Contest. So be listening for the keyword. You got John and Ken, KFI AM640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM640. Right, we've been talking about the uh, homeless encampment. Uh, San Vicente again, John. But the part of San Vicente you were railing about for mm. years is further on the west side. There's right? two the, separate uh, San Vicentes, which really confused me when I first got here. This yeah. one is north-south and runs along uh, runs along well, the east side of Beverly Hills on yeah. the border. I mean, San Vicente is famously known to cut across the city of Los Angeles. Yes. That's eventually what it does. Because I've seen it way over, like you said, towards Koreatown, and, and then it heads south. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, to the airport almost. Yeah, so we've had uh, no. That's La Cienega, sorry. No, yeah, yeah no. Yeah, San Vicente cuts across. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. It starts sort of on the northwest and makes its way to the southeast as it heads across Los Angeles. Oh, just to clarify, because I don't think we've actually made this clear yet, the city councilwoman for the area, and she's brand new. It covers this Beverly Grove neighborhood where we're seeing this homeless encampment that apparently, at least for a while, included a nude woman on a couch and now is sparking real problems for business owners, is Katie Yaroslavsky. She is not Zev's daughter. She is his daughter-in-law. Is that right? Yeah. Zev spawned two children, David and Mina. David is a Los Angeles Superior Court judge. His wife is Katie Young Yaroslavsky. Uh, Funny how she... uh... I mean, so many women don't take 
their husband's name, but she did because it was going to be electoral gold for her, huh? I think you got it. Although, you know, she went by, I guess, Katie Young. Young Oh, so it's not a genetic problem. No, it's it's her father-in-law is Zev. And for people who don't know, Zev was on the Los Angeles City Council way too many years. On the Los Angeles County Board of Supervisors, way too many years. He was another load and a dud. Uh, a pomphoon uh, of gigantic proportions. Yes, I'm very uh, loud and obnoxious and chatty. And Blow now hard. the Times calls on him for uh, oh, advice yeah, on issues. Oh, yeah, yeah. But this is not his daughter, but his daughter-in-law. And we were talking uh, to Blake Trolley, who went to this area today on San Vicente and got some audio from uh, business owners and a homeowner who complained that uh, they were taking the vegetables out of his garden. And drinking from his hose. I actually witnessed something like that. The gym where I work out, there's a little outdoor area, and there's like a hose by the side of the building. And there was a vagrant who we spotted for eh, maybe a week or two. He kind of walked around, looked really drugged out. Kind of a young guy, too. And he walked up, and he wanted to to drink from that hose, and one of the trainers ran out there. He was like, no, 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 no. Yes. Well, he said, but he said to me later, "I, I just don't think that was healthy. That he would drink from that hose. It's disgusting. That he he, he was worried about the health of the vagrant. He was kind of saying that, yes. What I is guess. wrong with people? Nobody when, wants to loop me you, that vicious you, to like, you know, move along. We hate you. No, we, we, you have to get them out or you're going to get more. You're going to end up with a line. There's going to be 112 of them lined up to drink water. This and and they're all going to be swarming your vegetable garden. Eh, these are, but these he disappeared are the like many of the vagrants in many, fortunately, you, still a number you, of neighborhoods what? not in Los Angeles. The vagrants eventually do disappear. You they make do not them camp and become permanent for months. You make them feel unwelcome. Right? Somebody you, probably did. I don't know. This guy you, eventually went away. You don't have to harm them. You make right. them feel unwelcome. And then right. they're not going to go near your vegetables or your hose. You yeah, have to say, hey, get out of there. And there's something else to be said. When you stand out, you will be moved on. What's happened in Los Angeles and some of these streets we're talking about when the homeless take over and normalize the situation, when you got 10 or 15 of them there, it doesn't become that they stand out so much. They're now they're no. just they're part of the neighborhood. They're you know? wallpaper. Yeah, they're, they're wallpaper. The, they're right. the landscape now. Oh, we're in Los Angeles. Of course there's 50 filthy homeless living on the uh, median <coughs> of a major boulevard. Oh, my. I mean, I, mean, I, I, I don't understand the human reaction to all this. This should have been this should have never happened for a day anywhere. Every time you saw a tent, somebody with the city should have said, you, you got to go out. You, you got to go out. Every day. Then you would have ended up spending a tiny, minuscule fraction of the money. One millionth of the money now you're spending. But that's what I'm saying. I think this is just about keeping the homeless industrial complex going. Just keep providing millions and millions of dollars to all these nonprofits so that people who work for the nonprofits and management make hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. This is an industry. Now, a better story is coming out of Venice, where they have a councilwoman named Tracy Park. This is John Cobelt's councilwoman that he voted for. They just passed a resolution, the Los Angeles City Council, to prohibit RVs from being parked along a number of streets in Venice between the hours of 2 to 6 a.m. Now, what's always important about this is enforcement. Just because you pass it doesn't mean anything is going to happen unless you go out there and tell these people you will be towed. But they're got- claiming in this story they have the capacity to tow and they will oh, tow. Suddenly they do? 
Because a few months ago, the city was saying, well, uh, you know, we only have one tow truck and we don't have a yard to tow them to. So I guess yeah. that turned out that was a big lie, too. It's that, that of course, Bologna wetlands is the story we always get there. There's, we don't have enough capacity for all those uh, vans those are, those and are, RVs. Those are lies. There. See, they, they're lies. And there's no resistance to the lies. There's nobody in power, right? No politicians. Nobody in the media. Nobody uh, that's formed a, an activist group that anybody's afraid of to, to, to say, no, that's a lie. In fact, we can prove you're lying. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, you know, I'm sure there's a master list, and it's probably in, in the public domain, of every single parcel of land that the uh, city owns and which ones are vacant and which ones you could park RVs on. All right, we got more coming up. Johnny Ken, KFI AM640. We're live everywhere, the iHeartRadio app. And how hard was it to pass uh, an ordinance? No RV parking between 2 a.m. and 6 a.m. Whoa, that was tough. Uh, would they take 10 minutes? BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for up to half the cost. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up! And call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single line 1, 5, and 10 gig data plans with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plans offered by T-Mobile and Verizon January 2024. You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM 640. Join the millions who are flocking now to the podcast. Millions? Millions flocking millions. to the podcast. That's right. 
And uh, it's at uh, Johnny Can On Demand, iHeartRadio app. And you after 4 o'clock, the show is put on the podcast, and you can listen to it anytime you want. It'd be hard to put it up there before we've actually done it. So, uh, But, but you, yesterday's is up there. Yesterday's show? Oh, and the day before? And, uh, there's, there's actually a year's worth of shows up there. Did I... Did, what did we do on yesterday's show? I don't think oh, I was a part of it. that's right. You didn't come. No, I didn't. Oh, too bad. Was Deborah Mark there? Hmm? You didn't... Uh, you missed our... We had, we, had, we had Donald Trump on. We had Elon Musk on. Oh, we had, holy crap. Yeah. Look ah. at that. I was watching oh. some of the NBA playoffs and watched the Lakers, and <laughs> well, I, I wondered, missed the Big John and Ken show I on a Sunday. I wasn't where you did. You wondered where I was. That's right. It's Nobody like, wow. texted me all to these, say, wow, all these big we got guests. Trump and Musk. <laughs> he would have been excited to be here, right? <laughs> Very great. All right, try not to laugh, but I have a bit of breaking news. Well, it's not exactly breaking news. We've had a lot of fun over the past couple of months because last fall, the weather researchers were predicting for the state of California for the winter a La Nina pattern. La Nina generally means less rain than normal and probably colder temperatures. Well, we did have colder temperatures, but boy, by the time we got to January and February, did we have rain. And they were way <laughs> off. Weather models are now suggesting that we're going to shift. We're seeing the end of the La Nina pattern, and we have a high chance of shifting this coming winter. I know it's months away to El Nino. So should we plan for the opposite? <laughs> it says here the transition may result in restoration of wetter than normal patterns come fall and winter in California. <laughs> well, you were so off with the last one. Are you really You're telling gonna... us that you bothered to even put out a model prediction? That's that's what's funny. About just everybody in the in if you're if you're in right if you have a public business right everybody makes wild predictions they're completely wrong next day they jump right back in with another one you see this in politics all the time and in media they're constantly a, a, economists for example everybody is making predictions always wrong next day yeah right back at it go ahead same thing here I mean I mean the rain just stopped. It just stopped. And the Chronicle's got the story about, oh, here's the only thing is, if you read deep into this. Well, and, I like the way they have something and, called the ENSO, E-N-S-O, which stands for El Nino Southern Oscillation. It responds to shifts in wind directions across the Pacific Ocean as high and low pressure systems move around and alter sea surface temperatures. Generally, there are three phases of an oscillation. La Nina neutral, and El Nino. So after two consecutive La Nina winters, California started out with wet weather, and suddenly Enzo shifted to neutral by March. I, what but that the, means, I guess that's the pattern out there right. in the ocean. But that was after all the rain. We right. were in exactly a, right. a La Nina phrase until March. Sometime in March, it went to neutral. Um, it says here that the Climate Prediction Center, and you have to go to the next to last paragraph of this story. The Climate <laughs> Prediction Center is forecasting a 41% chance that a strong El Nino develops by November. Well, that means there's almost a 60% chance that it doesn't. Hmm. Well, so, it could be a, a milder El Nino develops by. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, and listen, listen to this. Listen to this paragraph. 
If that plays out, California could expect a return of atmospheric rivers, including the Pineapple Express between Hawaii and Southern California. This may result in another wet season with active weather and flooding. But different weather patterns could dull such an El Nino signal, too. Whether or not the state could see such a repeat is murky. But for now, the 41% chance suggests that such a scenario isn't out of the question. Well, what are we supposed to make of all that? Yeah, they, they wrote, too, like any weather phenomenon, El Nino and La Nina can vary widely in their scope and intensity. This so th past winter was a great example of a weak La Nina, was it really? To the point where the onslaught of storms in the California coast felt counterintuitive to what's expected in La Nina patterns. Yeah, yeah, like about uh, 28 inches of counterintuitive. That's yes, what they're trying to say now. There's many shades of both El Nino and so, La Nina. So then what's the point of the article? Then, then I, announcing an El Nino or La Nina is is pointless. No, I only brought it up because I thought it was funny. That oh, no, they, no. They I actually put out this story I, to tell us. And, and, again, you should probably plan for the opposite. We're probably going to have a dry year. No, no, no. no that, that, I, I agree with you. I, I think we should get on the record here and let everybody know how badly they botched the last forecast. And, and while the media is trying to scare everybody, oh, it could be another. They have no idea. They don't know how this works. They study it, and because they all went and got graduate degrees, they can explain this in a lot of detail that normal people can't, but it doesn't mean they know what's going to happen. And I think that's a, a, a real disconnect. It's like they can explain how this works, but they can't predict when it's going to work this way. They can yeah. only tell you what happened after it happened. They can describe the whole process. But there's no prediction mechanism that, that's of any value. Well, well uh, they, t they tend to, uh, yeah, these prediction models are really, uh, my point was, I was thinking, I was reading this, if El Nino often occurs because the waters get warmer, well, we should be ending up in a permanent pattern if everything they say about climate change is right. All the waters are going to, like the air temperature, the water temperature, probably all going to get water. We'd be in a permanent El Nino, wouldn't we? And I think that was the gist of a story in the Times. It was a few months ago that we could have such incredible, drenching mm -hmm. rainstorms but, where it may not rain for months and then it could rain an entire month and flood out all over it, parts of California. It, I remember reading that. Yeah, except, again, if you look at the history of L.A. rain going back to 1871, it's always been that way. You know, to this day, the biggest rainfall total in the history of los angeles happened in the in the 1880s so it's always been this way and that's why you have to dig a big hole big reservoir to catch the rain because it's got to tide you over for several years because yeah. this is naturally a semi-arid cli climate like a semi-desert climate and we know this yeah, no. uh, nothing. Nothing's really. It might be a, a, a degree warmer on average here, a degree lower there. But in fact, I was looking when I was looking at the year by year, month by month temperature differences uh, when I discovered that this was the coldest winter since 79. Right. But I'm looking and it's, you're talking about a, a really mild winter. The average temperature is 59. A really cold winter. The average temperature is 55. It's not that massive a difference yeah i know they often make a big deal out of just a few degrees yeah right so, oh, i even hear that on the tv weather we got a warming trend coming in there look at their map and it's going to go up three degrees all right there yeah. is a warming it, trend uh 
you consider it that. I consider that to be negligible. In fact, in this here, for this upcoming El Nino pattern to make a serious impact in California, there would not likely to be there likely would need to be a strong warming in the eastern tropical Pacific Ocean, about a degree and a half above average. Oh, there you go. Oh my God. It's all it takes to drench us with rain. And then we're told global warming, disastrous rain. It warmed a degree and a half. Oh my God. All right, we got more coming up. John and Ken, KFI AM 640. We're live everywhere in the iHeartRadio app. You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM 640. It's time for Dodger baseball tonight. Dodgers take on the Mets. Hmm. Are you going? Tomorrow night. Uh, <laughs> tonight they're at uh, Dodger Stadium. First pitch at 7. Listen to the game tonight and games all season long in HD on the free iHeartRadio app live from the Galpin Motors broadcast booth. Keyword AM 570 LA Sports. Coming up after t- uh, Mayor Bassetti is going to, it's very exciting, John, deliver her first State of the City speech. And the part we're going to focus on is, what a surprise. She's going to ask to get more cops, to hire more police officers. This is a woman who denies it, but, you know, back in 2020, when defund the police was a hot topic, uh, she was pretty sympathetic to that idea Yeah, when she was in Congress. Well, so, I want to see her actually hire the cops. Otherwise, she's doing the Newsome uh, trick. Get a nice, big, cheap headline to give a hook to her uh, speech. Uh, but uh, a year from now, are there going to be more cops on the street or not? Or are they going to have a bunch of excuses? In fact, she's already giving out excuses why it's not going to happen. All right, so we'll get to that. Plus, we'll talk about the mayhem in Compton when there was a street takeover situation going on. These are back again where... Guys show up in their hot wheels and they start doing spin outs, burnouts, and donuts, donuts in an intersection. And the mob shows up to whip out their phones and witness this. It's very exciting until someone gets hurt. Well, this mob then proceeded to take over a gas station. They broke into an Arco, a little snack stand in there, and wow, mayhem ensued. We'll talk to Corbin Carson coming up in the two o'clock hour or two about that story. Speaking of the police. This odd story is making pretty big news today. Two men have been arrested on charges they helped establish a secret police station in New York City on behalf of the Chinese government. <laughs> How's that for infiltration? <laughs> About three dozen police officers with China's National Police Force have been charged with using social media to harass dissidents who are in the United States. Wow. It's part of uh, the Chinese government trying to disrupt American pro-democracy activists. So they not only do a good job where you can't speak out in your own country or in China against them, they now have people here to punish those Chinese people in the United States who are fomenting dissent among the Chinese people. Well, they, they track everybody. And that's why this TikTok thing is real. The idea that TikTok exists in order to track Americans. Right. And and a lot of people, especially younger people, say, oh, no, come on. No, that's what the Chinese do. The Chinese have a very in, intricate, elaborate system to track their own people in the country and around the world. And look look how far they'll go. Fake police station in New York. Yeah, they had They're Actually, what they did was they opened an office inside a building of Manhattan's Chinatown neighborhood 
it was considered the local branch of the Chinese Ministry of Public Security. That's what they call it, Ministry of Public Security. Yeah. The they two got, men they, were they arrested. A, they have a double talk name for everything. Yeah, it's, it's usually to make you feel like they're doing something good for everyone. Well, yeah, you have to disguise uh, it. You have to fool people. They deleted a bunch of communications when the FBI went in there <laughs> to nab them. The men were identified as Harry, Lu Zhuang, 61 of the Bronx, and Chen Jingping, 59 of Manhattan. Not young guys. They're both U.S. citizens arrested at their homes uh, this morning. Uh at no point did the men register with the Justice Department as agents of a foreign government. Uh, that's one violation. And although the secret police station did perform some basic services, such as helping Chinese citizens renew their Chinese driver's license, it also served a more sinister function, which was helping the Chinese government locate these pro-democracy activists of Chinese descent who were living in, oh, living in California. They were helping them find them. So that was kind of their their little operation they had going on. Oh yeah, I, I I imagine they have a lot of that stuff because there's so many Chinese living here and wealthy Chinese and people who left China because they wanted to take their wealth here, have their kids educated here or born here, and to get away from the oppression. Right. You know, it's like all the rich people who move out of California. It's the same idea. It's the same oppression. Right. So you know that that and and. You know, they, they'll they'll speak badly of China in public, and they're tracked down. And who knows? But maybe they disappear one day. That's, they, you know, that's what Russia is doing. Russia put away a guy just this week, 25 years for speaking out publicly against Putin in the war. Yeah, well, yeah. China's the bigger threat uh, only because, and we don't seem to get this, and because they're good friends with the Bidens, because the <laughs> Bidens have made a lot of money off of Chinese business dealings. But uh, they really do want world domination. Yeah. And uh, I would take seriously the thought that they're going to try to grab Taiwan back. Uh, they got Hong Kong back, but that was a peaceful situation with the British government. But but they'll try to get Taiwan mm -hmm. eventually. They do want world domination. They want to be the biggest economy. They want to be what the U.S. has been for years do you know what in the, terms of the dominant influence on the globe. The big danger in taking over Taiwan to our economy is that is where most of the uh, semiconductor the chips, computer chip production is done. Yeah. Every electronic item that we use in life, including your car, obviously your computers and phones and you know your your refrigerator everything runs on computer chips and and a huge percentage is made in taiwan and that is why and this is one of the few things i think biden did properly or the people who actually run the country whoever they are is right. they they we're putting in a lot of federal money to help private business set up these chip factories in america because the chip factories in taiwan are in danger China can invade Taiwan tomorrow, and unless we're willing to go into a major war, there goes the chip industry, and we're going to be at the mercy of the Chinese. And if yeah, they I think about this, I'm like, what are we really going to do uh, if they do decide to invade Taiwan and and, and take it back? Are we really going to send troops there or do anything, well, you know, militarily with the, the Air Force? That's or, the game of chicken, or with the uh, ships, uh, military. I, I I have no idea. I mean. Just like Russia invading Ukraine. Right. I mean, yeah, we're trying to help Ukraine with the back channel uh, military aid, 
But we're really, what are we going to do if they invade right. Taiwan? So that's why they're setting up these chip factories in the United States, because in case something goes haywire in Taiwan, that would shut down our economy. If we couldn't buy yeah. any more semiconductor chips, that's it. We're done. We're going to go back to farming our own vegetables to live. We can... No, we would just be in a less technically complex world like we were, what, 20 or 30 years ago? Yeah, but but it wasn't every, that much in computers every business and phones. Depends, and, yeah, yeah every, every business depends on it now. Everything is built to you run. You just have to take out the ledger and do everything by hand again. <laughs> uh, one funny thing, they have charged a bunch of Chinese officials who are in China. So just like uh, that world court that's going after Putin for war crimes... A good luck rounding up the Chinese officials you're charging uh, in this uh, this operation to uh, uh, arrest Chinese dissidents in the U.S. All right, coming up next, we're going to talk about Mayor Bassetti. She's going to make a big speech today. It's just the dopey state of the city speech, rah-rah. But one thing she's going to talk about is bringing LAPD back to 10,000 cops. Bit ah, of a surprise. And that this woman, I you scoff. Know, you scoff. I scoff. Well, we're also going to talk about how much they've just lost. So many police officers have quit, moved on, retired, and they haven't been replaced. Johnny Ken, KFI AM640. We're live everywhere, the iHeartRadio app. And Deborah Mark live in the 24-hour KFI newsroom. Hey, you've been listening to the John and Ken Show. You can always hear us live on KFI AM640, 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. every Monday through Friday, and of course, anytime on demand on the iHeartRadio app. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. What's out there is unknown. So at UC San Diego, out we go. Because to take on the challenges of the here and now, you got to get your feet wet, your eyes open, and your mind out there, way out there. Turning the unknown into cures, culture, and connections with each step forward. So pack a bag, a notebook, and some sandals, and get ready to look far and think further. UC San Diego. Learn more at ucsd.edu. Your getaway with Apple Vacations begins the moment you step on board one of our exclusive nonstop vacation flights. Escape the ordinary with packages starting at just $599. No layovers, just pure relaxation from takeoff to touchdown. Immerse yourself in the joy of travel with Apple Vacations. Your journey is as enchanting as the destination. So pack your bags and leave the rest to us. Visit AppleVacations.com or call your local travel advisor to book your vacation.